Welcome to the Science of Parenting podcast, where we connect you with research-based information that fits your family. We'll talk about the realities of being a parent and how research can help guide our parenting decisions. I'm Mackenzie Johnson, parent of two littles with their own quirks, and I'm a parenting educator. And I'm Courtney Hammond. I am a mother of two and also in long-term recovery. Yeah. And so episode five today, the last of the season. How? I don't know. How? Short. I know. This is a short season, actually. And so it's gone really fast. But I've loved every minute of it. It's amazing. Same. Same. It's probably a good thing that not all of it's recorded. Like the when we're like walking through it. Uh, (laughs) We're just it just gets wild. We're just having a good time, guys. (laughs) We're having a lot of fun. Oh, and you know, today we do, we get to walk into our last episode where we're talking about repairing and rebuilding relationships. So, um, I mean, we're like, I'm like giggly almost and just like, that's like the mood I'm in, but it's like, this is a serious subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I am just like, I'm excited to record another episode and like talk through another one of these with you. And yeah, so I guess like, let's just do it. Yeah, I'm so I'm excited to dig into this subject. I feel like this is where I'm at in my life. Mm. So it's like this is like real time talk for me. It's not something I pass. It's not something that I have to like really dig deep down for. It's this is my process. This is where I'm at in my process and my journey right now. So I'm excited. Oh, I love that. I love that. And you've said that to me. I don't remember if it was like while we record or not. But you're like, oh, I'm excited for that one. Like, oh, I'm excited, and we're doing it today. We're doing it. Excited. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, honestly, for this first, you know, as we, you know, usually kind of do our like research and reality stuff, actually a few times this season, we've just kind of started with, okay, let's talk reality. Like, and so not even going to cite anything, just, okay, this idea of rebuilding and repairing, there's, you know, we've talked throughout the season on good enough parenting on things like that. And this idea of sometimes we have work to do to repair stuff and to rebuild our relationship with our kids and so it's just like there's going to be times when we haven't met their essential needs uh, whether those are emotional needs or physical needs or what those look like and so regardless of where it lands on like what we need to repair from just how do we do that like I don't know what comes to mind for you like whether it's specific experiences or advice just when we think about repairing and rebuilding what do you what do you think of So for me, from my experience, and this is where I'm at, I'd say just being consistent, Mm -hmm. giving them a safe place, letting them have their, um, their emotional needs uh, met without overbearing or being intrusive to those emotions and those, uh, that space. Yeah. Um, That's kind of just where I've had to start. You know, I'm not one of those people that's, you know, those moms that have like, Hey, you have to talk to me because I'm your parent. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's whenever you want to talk to me. Um, Yeah. You know, and I can, I'm a pretty good vibe person, especially when it comes to my daughter, because we are somewhat close in age um, and we kind of grew up together, but I can feel when I've done something or if something's really pressing on her that I may need to intervene with, um, I'll push the envelope, but I won't just rip it open. So I guess just respecting their space, respecting them as a human and their emotions and being consistent about it, you know, is, is the ultimate way to kind of gain trust and repair that relationship for me personally. Oh, yeah. Well, I do. I hear that. And, you know, examples and stories that you've shared, all, like, you know, I won't say like on the air, but, you know, like when we've been recording and just other times of that idea, you know, I really hear like the holding space, right? Like for their emotions or giving space, 
right? Yeah. Like that you need space from me from this. And I, I do, I hear a lot of that and like yeah. things that you've shared with us. And so um, I think that's awesome. I, I actually went kind of a, you know, when I was taking my notes, I was like, I don't know, what do I think of like rebuild and repair? I kind of went like the advice around, maybe it's the educator in me <laughs> that I'm like, well, let's talk about this parents. But uh, the things that came to mind for me were, I have like three like tidbits. One is that when it comes to the parent child relationship, even if you're like an adult parent of a now adult children, I think the ownership that comes with their building lands on the parent. Um, regardless of the age of the child, like you were the adultier adult and are mm -hmm. your adult, like if they're an adult now, or if they're literally not an adult because they're a child. Um, and so I think that the rebuilding and repairing does land on us as parents sure. um, to like initiate and to quote unquote, like be the bigger person. Um, and so I think that that's an important part of rebuilding and repairing. And my second one was to hold emotional space for our kids. Look at that. Um, and I think it's like, yeah, give them space. Yeah. But the idea of it, right, it's easier to say than it is to do. So often there's like this level of like pride and shame. And whether that comes from like trauma or, you know, just things in our personality or whatever that like, it is hard to give up the power of like, to like, we want to assert that power so often over our kids. Yeah. Um, and especially if that's how we were raised of like, no, hold on, don't walk away from me when I'm talking to you kind of thing. And it can be really hard to reflect on that and let that yeah. go. So yeah, what were you gonna say? I think this ties into that good enough parenting that we mm. did a few weeks ago. Like mm -hmm. it's okay to like not be super, super on top helicopter parent mm. in a time where your child's in distress or emotional, like some kind of turmoil. Like it's okay to just let them be able to process that. And then when they ask permission for you to come in and, and help process through that too, you know, because when, when, you, when someone's always processing things for you and they're always, you know, solution based mm. and doing it for you, you know, that child just kind of like, you know, what happens now? Like, now you're not here. You know, when, in my case, I left, I got yeah. up and left. I left my daughter with nothing um, mm. for a very young age. And then I had to become, this is where I'm going to touch on this selfish thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, my life is really selfish today, um, not in a bad, selfish way that people mainstream has made it seem, but I'm selfish when it comes to like my recovery and my time and my peace and my sanity and, and what feeds me. And, and I turn, you know, that's me. I, if I'm doing it for me, I have to do it for my children as well, especially mm -hmm. the ones who's old, been old enough and has this trauma. Um, yeah. She's, a, she's allowed to be selfish with her time and her emotions. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think the the line between like selfish and self care, mm -hmm. right? And I like genuinely believe that self care is not selfish, right? Advocate for parents that we have to do those things, and that especially when it comes to like yeah, being in long term recovery from substance use, that you know, like you said, you have to prioritize that recovery above other things. And I was reading some articles and prep for this, you know, like even like blog posts from like addiction counselors and things like that. And one quote that really stuck with me was a parent saying, like, I don't regret the things I did to get to recovery, like to get to a place mm -hmm. where I was no longer using substances because it got me here. Right. And like I'm alive and I can be present with my kids or, you know, whatever that is. I don't regret that. But I do regret how some of those things hurt my kids. Yeah. Like it was the choice I needed to make in that time. Yeah. And it was a hard choice. Right. Like 
and it was less harmful, right? Going back to harm reduction, which harm reduction, about, right? Like it was less harmful than my active addiction was to my kids. But that yeah. doesn't mean that because it was the less harmful that it wasn't at all. Um, and that was just like really, uh, I mean, it almost makes you teary, honestly. Um, just thinking about like hard choices sometimes that we made the best choice we knew how in that moment. And even if we wouldn't change the choice, it doesn't mean that, yeah, that our child didn't have a hard time with it. I even, sure. I don't remember if I've shared this story previously on here that my daughter sometimes still talks about when her brother was born and I was nursing him. And so I would typically put him to bed because I was nursing and my husband would put her to bed. They, my son is, you know, it's almost like three years later, three, well, depending on when you start, four to three years later. And um, my daughter still talks about that sometimes, like you spend more time with him. And that was like the choice we were making. It's what I had the like capacity for at the time was like, I can just nurse him and put him to bed. It's more work to nurse him. Right. And yeah. that was what made sense for us. And it was hard. Like, and it hurt her. Like mm -hmm. that feeling of like feeling oh, it's come up in other ways sometimes for like feeling forgotten. Um, and again, it was like not an active choice that I like thought it was going to hurt her. In fact, it didn't even really occur to me at the time that like, that was hard on her, which now I'm yeah. like, how did I not see that? But it's not how it's like, I, I don't know. And so that was like a, that's a thing that I'm still working on, like repairing and rebuilding from. Yep. And so part of that, you know, going back to this whole idea of like emotional space is even though inside I'm like, I did the best I knew how that that isn't my daughter's problem. If I'm really honest, it, like I can tell her that was the best I knew how to do but I still need to have that space for her to say like, and it hurt me. Yeah. Like, and it's hard for me. And so I think that's the emotional space is like taking your defensiveness out of it. When we've done something that has hurt our kids practicing that, like active listening and yeah. Letting them share <laughs> if they want to, they might not even want to tell you about like, talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, and so I do, I think those are important components of it. And then the other, the like third tidbit that I wrote when I was thinking about like, when it comes to rebuilding and repairing, I think it's also letting our child have what it is they need. And so I think sometimes we want to like guess or prescribe what our child will likely need for us to rebuild or repair. And so I wrote like a whole list actually. I was like, okay, what they need to move forward might be an apology, right? They might need an apology from us. It might be that they need space. It might be that they need like just time, which is like time and space, like the amount of time to pass. It might be that like family therapy, right? It could be, they just need like, I actually don't want to talk about that thing. I'd rather just have like positive time with you. That might be what they want right now. And it might be that they need you to demonstrate over time how yeah. something has changed or how it's not going to happen again. And so it's like, there's all these things it could be yeah. that your child might want. Um, and so I, I just think just, I mean, some of it could be the age of your child, their temperament, what the instance was right there's so many factors but also being prepared that what you think like oh well i need to give them space your child might be like no i need you to spend time with me like i need to like be close to you and but you might be like yeah i'll give them a big hug and they're like nah don't touch me like, yeah and that's okay <laughs> mm -hmm. I've, I've gotten i mean I mean, my daughter's 13, so she definitely has her voice. And I, I'm proud to say, like, I've maybe, like, made her a little bit that way. Yeah. But at least she knows that, like, no is a complete sentence. Mm. Yes. No period, you mm -hmm. know. And I and I respect that. Hey, mm -hmm. Lex, do you want to go out to eat with me or go to the mall? Nope. Okay. 
I offered, you know, uh, that wasn't what you wanted or needed in this moment. Yep. Yep. And Mm -hmm. you know, the next day she'd be like, Oh mom, why'd you take me shopping? I was like, well, cause I was respecting, you know, I remember I was just giving you space. I didn't know, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, we vibe. Yeah. You like figure each other out. Yeah. We're a whole vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so thinking about this idea of like repairing and rebuilding, one important component that often comes up is the idea of like apologies, right? And so in previous episodes, when we've talked about the idea of repairing, we've often talked about on like a small scale of like, I got angry with you in this moment and then I'm apologizing, right? And so that might happen like within the same day or like within a few hours. But yeah, repairing can also happen after like a bigger Right. And so an apology could be this like, quote unquote, like smaller scale. There's like these different levels of how intense the like harm or how long it was going on, things like that. But I got kind of dorky about it. And I was like, so what does like research say about apologies? Like what is like digging into the actual like studies? And so I found this. It's like a model. I mean, kind of like a framework. I love those. Um, But it's like (laughs) five parts of an apology and it's actually from 1981 so i found something from schlanker and darby and they highlight five components of an apology so it's from like way back because it was like really foundational so people still like reference it but when they were first like defining it kind of in the research here's the five parts they say there's a statement of the apologetic intent right so like i'm sorry um or like i apologize right um second part is like the expression of like remorse or sadness or like embarrassed or right that like there's an emotion like i'm having a response to the fact that i did this thing and it hurt you right so there's like an expression of emotion number three is that it offers to help the injured party or make some kind of restitution and like restitution is in like kind of like making up for it and so i sometimes will like ask my kids i used to be like you need to say sorry and i work really hard to say like how can we make it better so sometimes yeah. in a poll, like saying the words, I'm sorry, but sometimes it's like, I will help you put this thing back together. Right. Or I'm really sorry that I, right. If I'm like part one is like, I'm sorry that I blank. I like feel so bad that I made you feel this way. Like I, could I make up for it with blank? Right. So there's an idea of like, I want to do something about it. Okay. And then this number four, I actually had to Google to learn what this learn mean. This word means self castigation. And I was like, I don't know what that is. What is that? Um, what is that? Basically, it's like taking responsibility. Oh, I was <laughs> right? like, what I was is like, that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I had to look that one up. Google uh, dictionary.com for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically the self-castigation, it's like taking on like the punishment, taking the blame. Oh, and so sure. basically I see it as like owning your stuff, right? Like I did, I yelled at you or I, yeah, I like, I abandoned you or, you know, whatever that thing is that you're repairing from. And so the like, yeah, taking ownership, I'm going to call number four (laughs) instead of that self-castigation, but I learned a new word today. And then uh, number five is the direct attempts to obtain forgiveness. So like asking the person in like, like, could you ever forgive me? Or it's okay if you need time or right. But talking about that, like that is a thing that you're hopefully seeking. Yeah. Okay. So there's five parts, but there was more. I wasn't done after the five There's parts. You, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. I you're like, she listening. is a dork. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I thought this was a really important part of it. The- okay. There's two more parts. One part 
the author, so Schlenker and Darby said that not all of the components are used in all apologies. So it's not like a framework and that like, you must have these five parts. It's more of like a mix and match kind of situation. Um, and I thought this was really interesting. The more severe the like issue or predicament, the more likely or like more appropriate to use to use more components. Right. So like if I step on your toes, I will probably not be like, I'm so sorry. I am so embarrassed. Right. Like <laughs> I, right. Like I'm trying to think of all five parts. The, how could I make this up to you? Do you need an ice pack? This was all my fault. Do you forgive me? I guess that'd be like all five parts. Right. <laughs> Right. And so like that was like a minor infraction, if you will. Yeah. And so I might just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you OK? Um, and that makes sense. Or on the like more intense end of like harm done. Right. That it might include all five parts or four. And so I thought that was really interesting that like. Smaller no. infraction, if you will, was like a simpler apology versus something that's like more extensive or in depth there's like a more in-depth or extensive apology. I just thought that was like, that's logical, but I wouldn't yeah. have thought of it that way. Okay. And then one more, because I was really into this. And uh, so one more thing was they were talking about of all of the like research around like these different components, right? Those five components of apologies, um, Combs and holiday. Uh, so this was in 2008, they published uh, something that said the centerpiece of an apology is the component where you're acknowledging responsibility. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, so when you look at the five components of like a statement of apology, expressing your remorse, offering to make it better, accepting blame and direct attempt at to like get forgiveness. The most important one, like the centerpiece of the apology is acknowledging responsibility. And so regardless of I just thought that was interesting of like, OK, so we might not use all five parts all the time when we right when it's like more intense or like a more harmful thing, we're more likely to use more pieces. And then on a smaller scale, what's likely most important, like what's at the center of regardless of how intense it was, is that acknowledging responsibility. And I thought yeah. that was so like logical, but also insightful at the same time. Like that makes sense. And wow, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so usually with yeah. an apology, like, you know, normally people mm -hmm. don't even think about how true is the apology was saying, oh, I'm sorry. Or, oh, I'm sorry you did this. So I actually had to go over here. Like you're now you're just reversing, you know, you're it's like when around. we apologize unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. Like actually, actually you're, I was just in your way. I am sorry. It's super simple yet super yeah. direct. And I statements, you know, like I mm. was here. I caused this rather than, Oh, well, you Love know, so -so over here did this and the dog was barking over there in the bush. So I decided to accidentally wreck my car. Like, no, I wrecked my car. Just say it, you know, like it's, it's yeah. you know, it's I love an I statement, Courtney. That's a thing we do is I statements. I love it. <laughs> I've been diligent lately. Yeah. And I try to use I statements. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but I do think as we think about this idea of apologies that, you know, I said something earlier about like the, how pride and shame sometimes like gets in the way. And there is a level of like vulnerability and uh, I don't know what word I want to use, like almost kind of like lowering yourself, not in like a putting yourself down kind of way, but in like being willing to show up in a way that is not like 
having it all together or being in charge. And for some of us, that might be in like direct conflict with how we feel like we should be as a parent. Um, if you tend to have a more authoritarian parenting style, or if you were raised with someone with like a more authoritative parenting or authoritarian, sorry, I don't remember which one I said the first time. Authoritarian. Okay. Thank you. I was like, what did I say? I don't know. So <laughs> they're similar. They're, really they're similar. similar. Those words. Those words. <laughs> so authoritarian being typically more like power, asserting power and things less responsive to like the child's needs. Authoritative does assert power, but also with responsiveness to the child's needs. So that's a difference. And so, yeah, if you were raised by someone that is more authoritarian, so focusing more on like the power of it, you might not have seen this modeled for you. Like, I, uh, there's a lot of people who cannot even think of a time their parents ever apologized to them. And so this can be especially hard. Like you might be start, like you said, starting from scratch on like apologizing to my kids. I don't know about that. That like my parents never did. And so I think that's something to reflect on, you know, as we think about whether, yeah, quote unquote minor infraction or, um, you know, something like more harmful in the long term that where do apologies fit for you? Uh, how hard is that for you? Uh, what's the work that you need to do to work towards getting there? Um, sometimes, you know, apologies can come in the form of like, I'm sorry. Sometimes we make up for it in other ways. Uh, but that not ever accepting responsibility, you know, there's impact of that, I think. Well, not, I think, actually, the next thing we're going to talk about talks about that. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so, but I do think it's worth acknowledging that, again, easier said than done. And for some of our listeners, you're like, oh, yeah, of course I apologize to my kids. My parents apologize to me. Like, for some people, this would be like, this is so normal. What do they mean? For some people, like, unheard of. Completely foreign. <laughs> yes. So, like, it's all right wherever, like, you are where you are on that. And just, like, reflect on that where do you want to be as you, if your goal is to like rebuild and repair relationships with your children, what feels like a good next step for you? And like, that's okay to be like good enough. So progress, um, not perfection. Yes. Progress, not perfection for sure. Um, okay. So I told you we were going to talk about like the next part. Uh, this is actually our strategy is the idea of rupture and repair. So this actually comes from the book Parenting from the Inside Out by Dan Siegel and Mary Hartzell. And so we've cited Dan Siegel stuff on the podcast quite a bit. He has several parenting books um, and he's just a really great parenting expert, looks at a lot of research and things. So that's his basically idea of like rebuilding is talking about rupture and repair. And I loved that like visual of thinking about an like incident or infraction, if you will, is like a rupture. Like, I just love that of like, just like, there's like a, I think of like a fracture, like a break. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, there was a break in our like connection for whatever that was. And yeah, it might've been like a long time, a short time, a whatever. And I just loved thinking about it as a rupture. I was about that. Um, so they defined rupture as a disconnection or like misunderstanding between a parent and a child. And so they explained that there's different kinds of ruptures. So they even, I loved, they use this example of like limit setting ruptures. So like if my child super wants to do something, I'm like, nope, that's not going to work. Uh, and then my child's really mad about it. I was doing what I needed to do, right? I was keeping my child safe. It's not that I did something wrong, but it was a disconnection, right? It's a disconnection between my child and I. And so like, that's a form of rupture. And I was like, that's great. 
Like, and so repairing in that case likely wouldn't be an apology, but it might just be like doing something for positive connection. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting, the different kinds. They also talked about that toxic ruptures are a thing, right? And that would be that involves intense emotional distress or like long-term experience to the child. And so again, we're like that spectrum of like, quote unquote, minor infraction to major or like minor harm to major that they're all a form of rupture. I thought that was great. And then um, the other thing they talked about, which I thought was important to touch on, is that shame is bred when there is a toxic rupture that does not have repair. And I'm like, I That's almost deep. like need to sit in that a little, right? Yeah, no, for sure. It's deep. Yeah, that shame. What is, is that a seven word sentence? Just yeah. <laughs> just right in there. Right. That shame is bred when there is a toxic rupture between a parent and child that never gets repair. And so that it brings shame for the child. Um and you know, and honestly for probably for the parent too. And so huh. That's heavy, right? And like, yeah, that's deep. Like, okay, I wasn't ready for that today. <laughs> um, but I did like this idea of thinking of it as a rupture. And I also think because like a rupture doesn't feel permanent in my mind. Like that word in particular doesn't yeah. feel permanent. It's like a, oh, this happened. And like, okay, we got to, I'm almost picturing like, okay, this is so silly. You know, <laughs> like magicians, like the jelly bean jar, you open the jelly bean jar and like stuff pops out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm literally picturing, or like a jack at the box, I guess would be another example that like rupture, something pops out of it. And then you like, you stuff it back in and not, okay, that's not a very good image because you don't just want to stuff it in, <laughs> but like you're repairing it. You're going to put the yeah. pieces back together. Yeah. That's the words I want to say. Instead it's like of a ripping your back. favorite blanket. Yeah. Your childhood blanket ripped it. Someone tore it up on the playground. Yeah. You're going to take it to mom. What do you want her to do? Throw it in the trash. You want her to sew it up. That's way better than my stuff it back in example. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like someone stuffing, stuffing back in a stuffed animal. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, ow, ow. <laughs> not aggressively, right? That's not the goal. But I do love that, right? Like sewing it up, that we're repairing it. Um, and so Dan Siegel and Mary Hartzell talked about when we repair, that repair is actually an interactive pro- process. Mm. And I had to like think about that. I was like, I think of repairing as like, I'm coming to you and like, right. Walking probably through some of those components of the apology and like, almost like, honestly, kind of almost lecture style of like, I'm going to say this thing to you. And they're like, no, hold on. It's not just what's happening. Like, you're not just saying, sorry, you're not just no. like trying to repair. You're letting the child, right. Going back to that, like emotional space, like you're letting yeah. the child have their experience and they're going to share things back with you. And like, actually it wasn't that you did that. It was this other thing. Um, and so that I thought it was like a great point that was interactive. Uh, they also made a big point that parents need to be centered. Like you need to be in a good place. And so they literally talked about like, what do you need to do to take care of yourself? So you're ready to show up when you repair in like a mature kind way. And they're like, do you need to go for a walk? Like, do you, and they didn't say this, but like, do you need to go to therapy? Like, do you need to process what happened? And I'm a big believer in therapy. So that was not like a sarcastic joke. <laughs> like genuinely, do you need to go talk with someone and process it? Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a really important part of like, in order to show up fully, like presently, maturely, not like getting into your def- defending yourself. Yeah. That when you go to make that repair that you can be like fully present in that. Um, and that also reminds me of some of the conversations we've had around like recovery that like, your recovery capital and things like that. And even like your coping skills that you have as a parent that you're prepared that this might be hard for you. Like it might be hard 
it likely will be hard to hear from your child about how you were hurtful to them. And so being sure that you are in a place that you can show up maturely and that it'll be hard and that you have a plan for coping with it. That yep. is not the child's responsibility. Um, so I thought that was a really important point. Um, yep. Another thing they said about repairing is that you can't ignore the rupture in repair. Like, so if you like lost it, if you like flipped your lid, as we say, um, if you lost it on your kid, just coming back and like, oh, hey, how's it going? And like being chummy or trying for positive connection without ever saying anything when there has been like a severe rupture, can't ignore it. Like that doesn't no. repair. It doesn't actually move it forward. That's when it festers and just mm. becomes trauma. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, oh, like, that's when the rupture becomes trauma. And now we're, and now we're damaged. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the word damaged. I mean, I say damaged because I'm, I'm in my own kind of like, yeah, you're owning that word for yourself. You're not for calling. Sure. Else. But yes. I also yeah. embrace that word now. Like my damage yes. has made me such a good human being that like, mm -hmm. I'm proud to say like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little damaged, but it's what makes me me. So yeah. Like that you've been through it. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a really important point that we can't just ignore it. And yeah, that it festers to trauma. Mm, great point. Um, so then they do talk about apologies as a really important part of that repair, right? So which we just kind of went through, they talk specifically about getting onto your child's level or getting in like in a child, like your child's space, not in like in their bubble space, but like a space that they're comfortable, right? Yeah. Um, and but getting to their level that you're stating like what you're talking about with the repair, like, Hey, you know, earlier I did this thing or, you know what, a few years ago, I still think about this sometimes like a few years ago when I did X and so that you're coming to them, like showing, like sharing the intent that you're listening to their thoughts or feelings without interrupting and without defending yourself. But again, sitting on, sitting on your hands method. That's yes. what I call it. Is yes. I sit on, I, that's an act of listening that I learned is feet up for me on the ground, you know, mm -hmm sitting on my hands i'm listening yep and, and i'm like, letting you say things that i'm like no 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 that wasn't it nope we're not doing that we're letting sit them on my hands say it. Mm -hmm. sit on your hands Love and that. me and i and i and i've been, I've been sitting on my hands I, I say sitting on my hands like i've been doing it my whole life <laughs> but like ever since mm -hmm. i was like in the middle of my active addiction i went to this parenting seminar for yeah. family treatment court and we had to learn how to like literally sit on our hands and listen to our children because we were repairing the relationship inside the court system yeah. and ever since then i've been like all right i'm gonna sit on my hands you just say what you I need to say that. and I then you know that. liam he sits on his hands if he he's feeling angry mm. i'm like we just sit on our hands so that way we're not yeah. harming nobody we're not Mm -hmm. giving off weird body language <laughs> sit on our hands nice i love that i love that uh and then the last part they talked about with apologies they talked about console and then connect after right so like when you're bringing up this repair that your child may have right they may have like hard feelings or strong feelings about it and so that you're providing comfort to them again not in the way of like defending yourself but in just like this was really like you're really sad about this or you're really hurt or and just like validating that and sitting with it and comforting them and then that you're you know finding ways that connect like finding ways to connect that are appropriate um for you and the child so those are the things they talked about but i love that idea of picturing it as like a rupture or repair uh rupture and repair not or <laughs> we're gonna do both if it ruptures then we're gonna <laughs> repair um but i loved that idea of thinking about those things and 
the whole genuine com- apology. What like what does an apology look like? And yeah, the new word that I learned that I already can't remember. Self castellation. Did I get that right? I'm like, is that right? Uh, castigation. I don't know what castellation is. I made that up. Self castigation. Uh, basically, we're gonna own our stuff. We're gonna take responsibility. I'm like, why'd they have to call it that? That was hard for me to remember. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but okay. Before we go to our stop breathe talk space. Anything else that you wanted to share about, you know, uh, rebuilding, repairing, rupturing, re- repairing? I'm like any other R words. <laughs> so I will share my experience. Um, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I am in this process as of like as we speak right now. I feel like I'm going to be in this process for a while and I'm OK with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of damage. There's a lot of ruptures, mm-hmm. ruptures. And, um, you know, my biggest rupture for my daughter, I'm well, her rupture was when I left her completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was four years old, three or four. I was messed up. And I knew that my, at the time, the best harm reduction I could do was hand her over to my grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. It hurt her traumatically. Um, mm-hmm. But me being around her probably, you know, and I've seen it and it's, it was bad. Um, her seeing me like that was bad. So 10 years mm-hmm. later, um, me being constantly in and out, being constantly making promises, not showing up, showing up messed up, you know, Mm. Um, up until three and a half years ago was a completely ignored ruptured. And it, and it, and that's been something that I've swept under the rug, but I've really started digging deep in myself when I got clean that like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to help fix this. And I say help fix this because she's, she's got to tell me how to help her. I can't just go in there and match erase. Everything yeah, and like it. tell her this is like look, I fixed it for you. Oh, yep, I'm, I'm good now. I, I'm clean. Like mm. no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> I thought it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I feel like it's really important to like put this on the table because a lot of people are like, oh man, I did that a couple years ago or ten years ago, and yeah, they'll never forgive me. And it's it's the it's it's all lost, you know, and all hope is kind of you know out the window. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm a big believer as long as we show consistency and take ownership and help and hold that space Mm -hmm. that someday it will work out. And, um, me and Lexi, like I said, just a little bit ago, like we vibe, we talk about our trauma. We talk about like what I've done to her openly in an open, you know, very open dialogue. She can get as angry or as silly or as happy or as upset Mm -hmm. as she wants. Um, and I just kind of take it, you know, I didn't give her the choice to take it when I was dishing it out. So now I choose. So I feel like, there's always hope. And I feel like this is the kind of real vital time in our repair where she's becoming a young woman. Mm. She's not a child no more. Mm. And it's important for me to be able to model what I'm modeling in this podcast and what we're talking about, because it shows the interactive, it shows the centered parent. It shows that I cannot be ignored because this is the effects, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the apology, my apology is in my everyday living amends Mm -hmm. being there for her on softball days. Yeah making sure she, she has a sleepover every once a, you know, once every mm-hmm. couple weekends, you know, like mm-hmm. making sure that she can trust me in order for this process to, to trust the process is still like working, yeah. you know, and that, and that's just kind of my experience with it. I've had a lot of, a lot of mess ups. Yeah. There's nothing oh. I wouldn't do to fix that and take accountability for it today. Oh, Courtney, that's so powerful. And, you know, I think that's also a really important thing we want to make sure we touch on to listeners. I think the, yeah, one of the questions here is probably like, but is it too late? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And so like my kids are pretty young. And so even too late now is like, 
less than 10 years ago. But I even think of like, if you are like an adultier adult parent, like you're parenting adults, um, you know, the power that can go into apologizing for something or repairing something, even again, that could have been decades ago that it's not too late. Um, no. How did you say it earlier, Courtney, when we were talking about this idea? Oh, the um, tree thing? What did you say? Yeah. No, you, it wasn't the tree thing. Oh, you no. said something about when, oh, okay, I'm going to think of it. I know I'm going to think of it. That when we were talking about it's never too late, um, that it oh, gives you the ability better. almost to let it go. Yeah. So that was the tree thing. So like okay, here's, yeah. you're on your life's journey, you're driving along and you're on this, this amazing, beautiful mountain trail. And every couple years or every couple feet or miles, you see the same spruce tree. And it's like, wow, I, I swear I just passed that tree. I think I'm going in a circle here. Like, but everything else looks kind of different. You know, you're, you're so confused. But when you let that trauma or that go, or when, when someone, it's got, when it's repaired, when that rupture is now not ignored and is in the middle of repairing, that tree finally like flies by and you're like, oh, rear view mirror. Okay. I know that tree's behind me now. And then you just keep going along and you never see that spruce tree again. And if you do, then it's not so profound. You've moved on. Yes, yes. You're no longer sitting here spinning your wheels. Like, why am I still here? Why am I still in this place? Why yes. is, why is it so new to me? Every time I see that tree, I have to notice it. You know, mm -hmm. that's just kind of the way I have to visually look at oh, yeah. trauma and ruptures and upsets and hard times mm -hmm. and hardships, you know, like visually seeing it on my journey, wherever this journey is going. Mm -hmm. But that those are all those things that just kind of stick out. Mm -hmm. Well, and actually my brain is also like, okay, now let's go back to your like blanket example. Right. Yeah. So if there's a rupture, if there's a tear, like if that relationship is the blanket, the relationship between you and your child, and there's been ruptures, maybe some of them were addressed. And so they got sewn up and some of them weren't like, it's still a blanket, right? Like there's still a relationship, but there's some complicated parts maybe, or certain pain points, right? Mm -hmm. Your child like goes to use the blanket and their foot goes through the hole and then their foot definitely cold. can't wash it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, even 20 years later with that blanket, stitching it up, right? The, like the benefit of stitching it up is still there, even though yeah. the child might still remember the times when they put their hole, put their foot through the hole and it was cold or it was whatever that like there's repair there, right? That it can get better. And the whole idea of like letting it go, you know, you were talking about how something festers into trauma, you know, there might still be trauma there, but that it's going to, right. It's going to sew up that hole a little more when we yeah. offer that repair, even if it's a long time later and there could have yeah. been harm in the meantime before that repair happened. Um, but that it's going to be huge progress typically. Um, and now it might not be like immediately huge progress, but yeah. Right. I and think you think about it, that it's never too late. Yeah. And you think about how much a child loves their blanket. I know yeah. sometimes Liam, you can't take him to daycare. You can't go to the gas station. You can, you know, some kids are really attached to those things. Mm -hmm. So just think about like, if you were attached to that parent and they did that, like, Oh no, like my blankie failed me. <laughs> you yes. know, it's not keeping me warm anymore. That mm -hmm. child offering up to you to fix that speaks mm -hmm. volumes to your relationship and how important yes. it should be. Oops. Important of the priority. It should be to repair. Mm -hmm. Oh, Look at all of our little visuals, all of our word pictures. I have to, I literally have to visualize everything. Like, I love it. I mean, I'm just some kind of weirdo, but I'm no. just that. <laughs> I love it. That just sees things like if I'm literally having to like analyze, like, hey, what needs to take 
priority in my life? Mm. And what are those things that like aren't I think of like little woodland animals or like big trees? <laughs> but I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just always been like that. Like I'm just on a journey. I have no clue where I'm going. Mm. But there's things that stick out. Like I, I love that. You're I'm just like different. you're living your life on this mountain trail. That sure. really cool that. Yeah. That's that sounds real cool to me. I love that. It's your visual mountain trail journey of life. So when I'm I'm, here for it. Yeah. So when I meditate, that's kind of like oh, where yeah. I take myself to. I love that. It's where it's my spit. It's my space. Yeah. No wonder that's the visual that came to you with the tree. That makes so much sense. <laughs> All right. Well, now it does bring us to our Stop Breathe Talk space where we bring in our producer, Mackenzie DeYoung. She gets to ask us a question. Hello. For one time this season. Um, Well, you can probably guess, Mackenzie, because it is the last episode of the season. What is one... And honestly, we had you had just such an insightful comment. Wow, words are hard insightful conversation there um, that I'm kind of like, Oh, do I need to do more? But this is more of a reflection on the season. What is one either big takeaway, one aha, one, Hey, everybody keep this in mind. One thing that you reflect on from this season um, that stands out to you most. Ooh, there's so much good stuff. <laughs> do you have one, Courtney? I'm going to say the resilience thing, man. My mind was blown. Yes. Blown. And that's how misinformed somebody who lives, you know, lived with that kind of life that I was. I literally, I'm 31 years old. I just found out what resilient really meant. Like it was a huge, and I've been like, what, the last four weeks have, I've, my eyes have just been through a whole new lens, Mm. a whole new lens. Yeah. And so that was in it all the way back in episode one. Yeah. I was and like, so I, I'll say for listeners in case they haven't listened to episode one yet. Okay. We talked oh. about, we defined resilience. And then um, we ta- had this really great conversation around Courtney's like, yeah. so it's not just like, it's not just a personal trait. Like it's not a, you have resilience or you don't, but it was right. And that is a really important yeah. thing. To, like when we're, when I'm talking about it, I'm almost like assuming people know that. And I'm so right. glad you brought it up and slowed us yeah. down to like, I had no clue. So important. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that we got to have it or don't. Right. And then we could say, Courtney, you've been building resilience for years and years and years, girl. Never knew it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Never knew it. I thought you either did or you didn't. And I was like, okay, I don't, but I have a good personality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like at least I'm nice. <laughs> No. I'm nice and I'm funny. Like I don't yeah. have to be resilient because I make up for it. That was my like honestly. There were so many great moments in this like this season though. Like I'm so grateful, y'all. Like beyond, beyond gra- grateful. Mm. Honestly, I think for me, it's so many things that you shared. Mm-hmm. Where one, I think like showing up so authentically and vulnerably is so powerful. And so like destigmatizing for topics we often don't talk about, especially in parenting. Um, but I just think the, just like hearing a different perspective from my own is like such a powerful reminder. And that, yeah, everybody's like going through it in a different way. And it's not about my way being your way. Like, I don't know. It just really, I feel like trying to get to my point hearing about your perspectives and the way that you show up and these things that 
it just like really solidified to me why more than one way is so important. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I honestly, one for yes. me, even today, as we were talking about authoritative versus authoritarian, and you're talking about how sometimes I parent from a place of guilt, you know, that's something you've said is like, sometimes I parent from a place of guilt because I have done harm to my kids and that I could be even as much as I'm like, there's more than one way. Sometimes there was, you know, a part in the back of my mind of like, well, don't be too like permissive. Why would people be too permissive? And now I'm like, but I totally see how you could come from this place of like, but I did harm. So now I'm like working so hard to not do anything that might harm them anymore that it could end up being permissive. And so it's just like, there's no place for judgment. <laughs> there's like a million reasons why, but I just think like, I'm just so incredibly grateful for you sharing openly about your experiences. And I've learned so much from you. Um, same. Oh, I'm, I'm, gonna you, so. I'm gonna have to have I'm gonna have to have them write that in writing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, will you document that, please? Yeah, uh, certified notary. It will be a transcript, closed captioning. So it technically mm -hmm. will be in writing. Love that. True. Okay, that's all I need. <laughs> oh, but yeah, thanks for the question, Kent, because it is, it's a there's so much. We covered so much this season, and there were a lot of great tidbits, but I'm like, when I really think back about what I learned, like my main takeaway, that's that's mm -hmm. sticking with me. And, you know, you said you, you did so much this season and we we only did it in five episodes. I know. So, <laughs> yes. It has been, it has been an incredible, like five weeks of navigating through all of this and just learning from one another. And, um, I have gotten the honor of just like sitting back and listening basically. So thank you for, for, um, being willing to share for both of you. Um, but thank you also for answering my question one last time. <laughs> yeah. Courtney, you did it. You made it through all five episodes of a Stop, Breathe, Talk question. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> we knew you were resilient. <laughs> uh, I still, like, I still have a really hard time believing I am. Like, I know, I mean, now I know, like, the language and, like, the meaning. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I am. But then I'm like, like am I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So some work to do there. That's a little, yeah. Sure. I have to uncondition unlearn myself and yeah. just accept that I am yeah. but I really I really appreciate you guys like inviting me on here like yeah super powerful like I I love sharing mm -hmm. <laughs> and honestly now that we've done this right for five episodes I'm like I can't picture it any other way how else could we have possibly okay. um like, this is how I, I know I just said a minute ago there's more than one way there was not more than one way to record this season. <laughs> there was one way it was this way <laughs> one way to record the season and this was it yeah no I really appreciate you guys for trusting you know for for allowing me to trust you guys with with the vulnerability piece like sometimes it just wasn't appreciated for me so or for me, as in, like, uh, no one really else appreciates it. But my sh my share is lessened my pain. So, yeah, it's like I healed in five weeks more than I've healed in a long time. Okay, don't oh say things to me. No, I promise <laughs> you. Like, it's I talk to Devin Ron all the time. Oh. Like, this this is like it. Like, if this is what is like, I can go to a therapy. I can go to the. Mm. I can talk to people. But when I really start sharing my stuff, and people are like, yeah. That makes sense. I'm like, you know what? I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, not. I was valid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just been a really good experience and I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, now we have to like wrap up this episode. What? I'm just supposed to move <laughs> on after that. Any more tears here. Let's <laughs> bye. Okay, well, thank you, Mackenzie. Bye. <laughs> oh goodness, girl. 
Well, we do, I would say, have a few things to wrap up for the season. But man, that like what a solid note to end on if we were ending there. Right. But um, I'm so glad that it's been a positive experience for you because it has been, obviously, for us too. So uh, speaking of positive, <laughs> my segue, um, positive language, right? Every episode, we've done some positive language towards the end. And so, uh, you know, we've talked about parenting amid threats to safety. We've talked about good enough parenting and resilience and all this stuff. We're building relationships. And it just felt so like this episode, this theme really felt really important for us to land on. And so I'm just glad this is like the last positive statement we're going to share is this one. So even with my good intentions for parenting my children, I have made mistakes and I will make mistakes in the future. And I have strategies for recognizing, repairing, and rebuilding the relationship. So when we think about rebuilding and repairing, that we're not, right, progress over perfection, like you said. And that, like, even though I have good intent, like, I have made mistakes, I will make other ones. And I have strategies. I have stuff I can do about that. It doesn't have to be, like, a permanent, like, I don't want to say, I'm mean, like, maybe scarring, I guess. Like, there might be harm done and we can rebuild and repair in that relationship. So sure. I just thought that was really powerful. Love that. And I think when we say these positive, this this one especially, yeah. like I feel like it gives our kids a good um, a good direction. You know, mm. nothing's ever really set in stone. Um, it doesn't have to be. Things yeah. happen, but everything can be repaired. Mm-hmm. And rebuilding is possible. You know, like... Yeah. I always say my rock bottom was this, my strongest point because all sc- skyscrapers were built in the bedrock. So, oh, I love that. <laughs> there you so go with your word like, pictures. <laughs> I know, and I just feel like that right here. This, this right here. I have made mistakes, and I will make in the future. Like that's just giving somebody permission to give grace. Like some teenagers make mistakes, and they don't want to tell their parents, and it ultimately leads down to this bad, yeah. bad consequences. And this is just giving us, the, you know, when we model this, our kids are like, okay, mom can make mistakes. So can I, and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Huge. And one thing I've really tried to infuse into all of these little like affirmations or whatever is also this like element of like what is within our control, mm-hmm. especially because one, as parents so often we're like, our time doesn't feel like our own and our energy doesn't feel like our own and all this stuff that whether it's our kids or something else, you know, that demands for our time and that we do have like some, there are things that are within our control. There are things that are within our choices, but also, especially when we're thinking about parenting through challenges, which is what we've been talking about all season, that it can feel like so much is out of control, right? We talk about like, whether it's a natural disaster or active addiction or like a family health, you know, issue, like a, a, pandemic. Major, <laughs> a pandemic, right? That stuff can be out of our control, but like really tried in these affirmations to help us find what is within our control right so what can be within our control is our ability and willingness to work towards repair and so all those language affirmations this season but i do want to give us a little rundown in case you forgot or in case you haven't listened if you came in just for this episode what else did we cover this season well (laughs) we talked about raising resilience so uh, one of my big takeaways from that episode in addition that remembering that resilience is not a personal trait. It's something that can be built. Um, And we do that by like building our protective factors. But I loved also the takeaway of like, even if we can't control that there is adversity, we can control how much support we offer to our kids. And that when it's adversity with support, 
it helps them be resilient. And I love that. Mm. Uh, in episode two, we talked about good enough parenting, identifying what those essential things are, right? When everything else is like, I'm like astray, amok, crazy town that we can identify like, okay, sometimes we do have to lower the bar. Like mm -hmm. let's figure out what that looks like. And then number three was parenting amid threats to safety. We talked about harm reduction, right? That like, yep, ideally there was no harm, but sometimes we just have to choose the less harmful of two difficult options. And that episode also had the hope framework of what we can do um, to help protect our kids. Number four was co-parenting custody and kinship care. My big takeaway from that one was just like, the child comes first, right? That we have strategies for positive communication, right? We talked through a lot of that stuff, but that there's a lot of different situations and that across those, it seems like the main priority is that our kids need to come first and we need to it's have- It's not about them. you. Yeah. Not about yeah. you. Not about you. And then, of course, today, when we're talking about repairing and rebuilding, um, talking a lot about holding that space, um, acknowledging what we've done, practicing apologies and things like that. So that's what it looks like, right? When we're parenting through these challenges that there's missteps, that there's sometimes harm done, um, that we have strategies for apologizing. And so I do have like a little summary that I wrote as like a final message on this season of like, as you listened and we talked about parenting through some really serious and scary challenges and some serious realities that I hope that you also could hear hope. Like, I hope that's what you, I hope that's what you heard was hope. <laughs> um, but this idea <laughs> that there is hope, even in really challenging circumstances, we can raise great kids. We can have positive relationships with them that some things are not going to be totally within our control. And we can build support, protective factors, have strategies for building those relationships with our kids. So our kids don't need a perfect parent. They need a parent who strives to show up, strives to meet their basic needs, and practices good enough parenting. It's Absolutely. great when we can give them more, and that's not always the reality we'll live in. So that. I was like, as we think about what, what do we say? I was like, what do we say when we wrap this up? I was like, I do want to give this message of sometimes it was heavy, right? We are talking about serious stuff. Hmm. But that there's hope and that there's things that we can, even if we can't control the situation, that there are things that are within our reach that we do have choice about, that we can work towards to protect our kids, even if it's not protecting them from everything we wish you could. And so that's just kind of the final takeaway I wanted to share this season. So like we've said, this is our last episode. And so this is kind of your last chance, Courtney. What am I going to yeah. do next Anything week? You say? <laughs> I don't know. Just like, you know, I said earlier during the stop mm -hmm. breathing talk space is, yeah. you know, I'm just grateful for, for the experience. Like if my story is heard by somebody, just one person, and they're like, you know what? I'm not alone. Then I've already won. You know, like I'm on the winning track to mm -hmm. what I want to do. And that's, and that's to help people. I want to be the person that I needed. Mm. And I want to be the person to my kids that I needed. Mm -hmm. And um, not that I'm always going to show up in a white dress, like, you know, <laughs> with like the everything, but um, at least I'm trying. Yeah. And I feel You're like showing up, showing up. And I, and I, and sometimes I'm not good at showing up. So this is just one of those things where I had a goal. I have accomplishment. I've accomplished, accomplished, geez. <laughs> You haven't accomplished saying that word, but otherwise. Yeah, right, 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 right. That was accomplished. A we got terrible you. word. But it's just one of those things that, like, I've worked really hard to be able to sit here, sit still, sit here, and commit. Yes. You would have met me three and a half years ago. 
no. So mm-hmm. it's just so it's it's me reflecting off my growth. Like, yay. Yeah. I can commit to things. I can do good things. Did it. Yeah. Did it. Well, and I want to thank you for that commitment because it is, I know for listeners, it's like, yeah, you like, there's like five episodes, you know, I'm sure that took some time, but there's a lot of coordination and planning and running things through and scheduling several people. And so uh, it is a commitment. It really is. And so thank you for being willing to one, being willing to make the commitment, but two, also sticking with us when there were trouble, like trouble scheduling and things like this along the way. But and I make mostly I just want to again, I know I said it earlier, but just your vulnerability and the authentic ways that you have shown up and been willing to share things with us and help destigmatize things that so often we don't and I like I will admit so often I'm not thinking about, you know, as we think as I'm parenting sorry, as I'm talking from my own perspective. And if that's not my lived experience, I don't want to say I'm forgetting about it, but it's not what I'm sharing about. And so I'm so grateful for the ways that you've reminded me of like the variety of experiences we have. And yeah, just like I said, the more than one way. And so I am so grateful we got to do this season together. Like I said, there was no more than one way. There was one way to do it. And I'm so glad it was this way that we recorded this. Like I'm blushing on. You can definitely see. I know. She's blushing. She's blushing, guys. (laughs) Oh, so thank you so much. It makes, gives me purpose. Like I'm just, you know, I will say this final thought. (laughs) I was just a homeless addict in a small town that had nothing not a car, not clothes, not a shower, not nothing, no food. And then here I am on this podcast and being able to talk to you guys has given me a huge confidence boost. Mm-hmm. I can make friends. I do matter to people. What I say is important. And I would never, I mean, I never in a million years would thought that I'd be like, Hey, Mackenzie, she's one of my good friends, you know, like, yeah. look at her. I'm like, <laughs> I, it's just, it's amazing to me. I don't know. It's just surreal. Like I have to sit back process it and be like, you know what? I'm doing good things. I'm not that person no more. She's, she's gone, but she's, you know, she's made me from who I am and got to thank her for it, but I'm glad I'm here. Mm, well, thank <laughs> you for sharing that like story of yes, resilience, uh, you know, and growth and all those things for sharing yeah. it with all of us. So we're That's so all I got, Mackenzie. All right. Well then we'll wrap it up and I'll say, I said thank you to you like eight times and I feel like I should say it more, but I'm going to call it there. Uh, but I will <laughs> say thank you to our listeners for joining us yes. today on the Science of Parenting podcast. And remember, yes, we're wrapping it up for the season, but you can keep up, keep up with us on social media, Facebook and Twitter at Science of Parent. And so you can see our content and your feed to keep up with us between the season. And so come along as we tackle the ups and downs, ins and outs, and the research and reality around the science of parenting. The Science of Parenting is hosted by Mackenzie Johnson, produced by Mackenzie DeYoung, with research and writing by Barbara Dunn Swanson. Send in questions and comments to parenting at iastate.edu and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. This institution is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to www.extension.iastate.edu slash diversity slash ext. This project was supported by the Iowa Department of Health and Human Services Bureau of Substance Use via a subaward from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The contents of this episode are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor are they an endorsement by, Iowa DHHS, SAMHSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.